Hey guys, uh, w- welcome to the Dome. Uh, my name is Roman and this is our podcast. Uh, I've been doing TikTok for a while and I wanted to expand my horizons. And this podcast is for anyone that loves film, where I can talk about about what I love with my friends. Tim, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's Tim. Uh, I'm one of Roman's uh, friends from high school and uh yeah we're pretty close uh i like to think and uh i'm a huge batman fan we had some debates uh through chat and uh we just uh wanted to bring it to a podcast and so i'm honored to be on his podcast and uh yeah i look forward to it i'm glad to have you here tim okay so we know that a lot of movies have been coming out lately right and I wanted to talk about a movie that we both saw recently that we both loved. And I think you know what I'm talking about. We want to talk about Top Gun Maverick, right? Best movie ever. (laughs) Okay, so Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise, he's back to making like these blockbuster movies, obviously after COVID hit. And this movie, Maverick, seems like it's going to be his most successful movie yet. But not only that, it came out right on Labor Day. And I don't know what the exact amounts are. We can look at it later. But it made over like $100 million. And that was his biggest opening weekend yet. So yeah. I, I, I was wondering. I think it made like $150 million worldwide, right? That, yeah, that's nuts Which for one weekend. And this isn't... It beat out Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yes. And this isn't a Marvel movie. Like, this is this is yeah. Top Gun. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you... What do you think made this... Like, what do you think this move made this movie good? Like, what made this a successful legacy sequel? Mm, I honestly think it was... For me, it was the low expectations. I actually had really low expectations uh, coming mm-hmm. into the film. Like, I was, of course, excited for it because I, I, if I can remember correctly, Tom Cruise has been like th- like talking about a Top Gun sequel for like the longest time. He was always open yeah. to it, but he wanted to make mm-hmm. sure it was done right, like all the stunts and all that stuff. And so when I heard they were doing the Top Gun sequel, I was... I was like, it's going to be like cringy. It's probably going to be like out like it's Tom Cruise, right? Like he's not Mm -hmm. really as big of an actor as he used to be. Um, Yeah, exactly. But because of those low expectations and the nostalgia that was added to it, um, I was just over the moon when like it came Mm -hmm. out really good. I was on the edge of my seat during, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have like spoiler warning, but like there's like a lot of (laughs) spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like a, a lot of action sequences that were that were really sick. I was literally on the edge of my seat and I, mm-hmm. my emotions were just like a roller coaster. Like it was going up and down. Um, and yeah, like I don't know if uh, there's like a better sequel or movie in the past like year for me. That's been. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, OK, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step back from that. But yeah, that <laughs> that's overall what I think why it was so good for me. It was just overall mm-hmm. the expectations that I had mixed with a nostalgia, yeah. of course, but yeah, I think 
we've talked about this before outside of uh, obviously right now, but we talked about how our dads both showed us these movies yeah. when we were younger. And going into that nostalgia factor, we see how nostalgia affects movies, but especially these legacy sequels. And for Top Gun, you know, there's not much you could work with. You got Tom Cruise, you got Val Kilmer, you know, Iceman and Maverick. And as the focal like characters from the first movie, you're expecting like, okay, these guys are going to be back. But other than that, like with the nostalgia, like, like who actually would have thought that they could make the first Top Gun, like they could outdo the first Top Gun? Because yeah. for me, when I saw those trailers, I was like, ah, oh, geez, this again? Like every single time I would see it, I'd be yeah. like, how good can this movie be? And it wasn't until I saw Tom Cruise in one of the trailers and he talked about how he wanted to make the most authentic like scenes with these planes that they actually used real planes and real pilots flew them in order to get these shots. And yeah, I, I read about that. So before we, you know, you talked about expectations, how they were low. Mine were low too. But they didn't, they didn't tell anyone that they did this until way later, like probably a month before the movie was going to drop. And that became common knowledge. But then at the same time, the, the, the whole like essence of Top Gun isn't something like a Marvel movie. It's not like, it's not going to gain that fan base. But yeah, I know you told me this too. When you went in to see the movie, you saw a lot of people old and a lot of people young, right? Like it wasn't just one demographic. Oh yeah, people were cheering in the th in the theater, and it was like, I mean, it was a rambunctious crowd. I mean, uh, we have a friend that's in the military, and uh, like his his group of friends are kind of rambunctious. Like they kind of mimic exactly what the guys are like in Top Gun, but mm -hmm. it's it was really that type it was it was it was a very surprising audience right yeah and yeah. uh the Iceman thing i by the way we we have to talk Ooh. about his voice yes the fact that yes, he talked like val kilmer i think it was done it was done in ai but it's still mm -hmm. like incredible that they even thought to do that um i thought he was going to talk the entire time so that was pretty cool but, no i actually yeah, the, i think it was it was handled very well how they did Val Kilmer because I didn't know that Val yeah. Kilmer had uh, throat cancer in the past and he had surgery. I didn't know that until this movie came out and I didn't know if yeah, you knew that, but yeah, like I, I knew it because um, I don't know why. Like I, I mean, Val Kilmer used to play Batman, right? So... Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, I was a fan. Of, I, I've been a fan of like those those Batman's for a while. So I knew of Val Kilmer, and when he was in this movie, and I heard he was making a remake, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be cool." But I didn't expect him to talk. Like I expected yeah. him to mm -hmm. kind of. I mean, I didn't know what they were gonna do. Like I, I, I how could I even picture that? But um, mm -hmm. I was astonished when they did it. But it it goes to show, right? Like how the demographic how they were able to one, get a whole new demographic, which is like mm -hmm. beyond the millennials and like the Gen Z's um, mm -hmm. and still please the, the boomers. If I can oh, say that a hundred percent. 
like when you when you think of like Iceman and Maverick, um, Iceman was handled very well for how his real life actor deals with his dis- disability. Tom Cruise coming back, he had that youth of Maverick in Top Gun, but you know he this is an aging too. man. Yeah, the, this is an aging man, and he is beyond his years with yeah. Top Gun. But him coming together, like I know this trope is stupid, like like the old timer coming to teach the new ones, right? But yeah, putting in the sun of a main character in the first movie, like that's also pretty typical, but it was handled so like delicately that you watch this and you see Rooster, the new character Rooster. You see the analogies to Goose. You see how much Rooster means to Maverick as much as Goose meant to Maverick. And not even just Goose. I mean, not even just Rooster. You got these characters like Hangman. You have these characters, Phoenix, Bob, and they're the new generation that you mentioned. Like that's what's bringing in the younger people to come in. You see these younger dudes in these roles. You have the actor of Miles Teller, who everyone knows in this movie. And they handled these characters. Yeah, he's loved. And these characters were handled very well in order to make the movie modern. But like you said, that, that the boomers would like as well. Yeah, and that was wild. I mean, I I can't rave enough about this movie. Like it was it was perfectly written. And like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, like I mean, if we took this movie and we didn't have the original Top Gun, I think people would be like, "Ah, it's like your average movie. It's a quick movie. A lot of mm-hmm. things were like overlooked." Like personally, I didn't like the love story with Penny. I thought it was it felt very rushed and like Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it assumed that I mean, and and I guess a counterpoint would be like uh, this movie is not meant to be separated separated from the OG Top Gun, but mm-hmm. it did feel rushed. It did feel like we had to assume a lot of the relationship with Penny. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's the I, only con I, I could see. I personally disagree with you on the. Um... On that as a con, I feel like the inclusion of Penny is for us as viewers to see Maverick grown up. And yeah, think about it like this. A big thing with Goose's character in the first movie is he had his family. You know, he had a son. That's Rooster. Mm -hmm. And that was a part of Maverick's life that he never had. And they make that clear in the movie that Maverick has been a captain for years. Like he hasn't, he hasn't gone on with his life and through like, you know, like I know you said there's not a lot of dialogue there, but Penny's like, they mentioned that him and Penny had a past, but it didn't work because Maverick kept moving around. And I think that's what the movie's trying to get across is that Maverick is ignoring this life that he can have to be in the past. And the past is a big thing with Maverick's character too, because he won't let go with the situation that happened with goose and rooster the same way won't let go of the past from what Uh, I see what you're saying. So it's kind of like past meets present. And the whole movie that I look at it is that Maverick needs to move on from there. He needs to move on from those top gun days. And this is his final hurrah. So you don't think there's going to be a third. 
You think I Okay, now this is what makes me this is my con. The characters in the movie other than Rooster and Hangman severely under underdeveloped. There is no in my opinion, in my opinion at least. If they made a movie and you know, Rooster and Hangman are the two main characters and you have these other guys that barely had any dialogue in Top Gun Maverick, it just wouldn't it just wouldn't blend well. It would be the same thing as Goose with um like Goose and Top Gun with um Iceman. Because Hangman is like Iceman. So yeah. that would just be a re- that would be a complete like rehash of the first movie. I wouldn't want to see that. Like like yes, like I I love the stunts, you know, in both the movies. I would love to see stuff like that again. I would love to see these visuals and technology advance with these planes. But would I really yeah. want this story to continue without Maverick? Because would you? Oh, so you want it to be like kind of like a spinoff? Because uh, I don't think I don't think Maverick would come back. You really think he would? I could see him teaching at Top Gun Academy. I can see that mm-hmm. continuing. But uh, yeah, I I think they should just end it. I would not want to see a Top Gun three. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know that I mean, but again, they they I mean, they surprised us with this one, but I they also did have thirty six years to figure it out. <laughs> so well, it's interesting yeah, you bring so, that up. Thirty six years now, we've been actually seeing a lot of movies get sequels from the past. Now, Top Gun, like you said, th- came out thirty six years ago. Maverick, we just got yeah. now, and. I don't know if you've looked at like the upcoming list of movies coming out in these years, but there are continuations of stories from the past. Like we've seen this before, like with Star Wars, right? Yeah. But I don't know if you know about this. Like, have you seen that, you know, we're getting a new Indiana Jones, a new national treasure. Oh yeah. Even a new, a new honey. I shrunk the kids. Did you, did you know about that? Oh, I'm a huge fan. I am honestly ecstatic for that. I did see that. I know there's like a whole IMDb page. I was looking mm-hmm. through after this movie to see what exactly we were, what, what was upcoming. Because I was like, if they remake, I know they're going to do it. Like Hollywood, I'll be honest, I don't think they've had like too many original ideas like back in the day. And so I yeah. think the yeah. legacy sequels are going to be like their main bread and butter for a while. Mm-hmm. Um so honey i shrunk the kids i was ecstatic to see indiana jones national treasure all huge on my list i was a big fan growing up with national treasure um mm-hmm. indiana jones of course um i hope i really hope it's way better than uh kingdom what was it temple of the crystal skull Oh, temple. yeah that was awful yeah don't even don't yeah. even let's not talk about that yeah, that wouldn't but um I'm I'm very excited to see. I'm glad that I hope it's Harrison Ford's last hurrah with Indiana Jones because mm-hmm. I know he'll do a yeah. good job. Um but yeah, I've seen those like I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see Rick Rom- Rick Moranis again. That's a huge one. That's I, actually I can't crazy to me. Do you, yeah, no, do you think that like I, I was thinking about this and Harrison Ford's old. You know, like he's he's getting up yeah. there in age. But like it'd be really nice to see him be Andy again. It would be really nice to see Nicolas Cage come back. Now that's a huge one to actually see oh, yeah. that he wants to return to National Treasure. Now 
we know we know that he's coming back to movies. I don't know if you've seen um what is it? Uh Massive Talent, but he's yes. back. I've he's I've better than that. ever. But you should totally watch that, yeah. but Nick Cage seems like in a way that we never thought we would see him again. So I know Disney wants to do National Treasure, but they also want to do National Treasure TV show, a movie and a show. And the show has nothing to do with Nick Cage. Yeah, you you were telling me this. Yeah, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that's a good idea. Like, yeah, I think a movie's enough. Yeah, but, it's not. It's it's like when they tried to remake uh, uh, American Psycho as a TV show. You remember that? Oh uh, my gosh! I haven't. I never watched. I think I watched one episode when they they made American mm-hmm. Psycho, um, and it was it was it was garbage. Uh, yeah, you can't like. But speaking of that, I do want to ask: as the Marvel guy, um, <laughs> is Ghost Rider going to be coming back? With Nick Ghost Rider, listen. Okay, there were talks from Kevin Feige that they wanted to bring Nick Cage back in Multiverse of Madness. We just saw that together. Ooh, yes. But they weren't they weren't able to get that deal passed. Now, Marvel in itself is in a way a legacy sequel, but we got all these other movies, you know, coming together. We just saw Spider Man No Way Home a couple months ago, but. Makes me think about this. You know, we're talking about these legacy sequels, right? Mm-hmm. What's one of the biggest franchises in the world that deals, that has been a legacy sequel for the last, who knows, whatever years? Star Wars. Star Wars. But would, would we consider Star Wars, the new ones, as good as Top Gun Maverick? Um, that's a tough, that's a really tough, uh, comparison. I mean, I'm not a fan of the trilogy, especially it's weird because like, I kind of like the second, like Top Gun Maverick over Top Gun. Mm -hmm. So, but I can't say I like the new Star Wars over the old Star Wars. I don't, I don't think I can, I can get behind that, but I do think they need to be evaluated as a trilogy versus yes. a single film right yes yeah but See, i know you have I, very strong feelings about this <laughs> i kind of share the same opinions with you uh i don't i don't hate the sequels but whenever yeah. i like rank them you know whenever i like think about movies i think of the prequels more fondly and more enjoyable which people clown on all the time percent than the sequels and you look yep. at like the originals and they're classics. But the reason I brought up Star Wars is because they they follow that 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 um, element of nostalgia. They brought back Han Solo and Chewie. They brought back Leia, right? Luke came back when it came to the eighth movie. Lando came back for the ninth movie. And what well, Yoda's voice was even like in, I, they had all the Jedi's voice in the last movie. And it seems like when you're dealing, like you said, when you're dealing with like a trilogy, it's differently ranked. But overall, I feel like there's a lot of elements that go into these legacy sequels that can make a movie like successful or not. 
And I feel like with Maverick as a solo movie, it hit all those marks perfectly. But I can't even like say as a whole trilogy, giving three movies rather than one, that Star Wars like made that mark, that made like that impact that Maverick had. But maybe it's like you're saying, I maybe we can't compare it, right? Maybe we can't. Yeah. It's tough because it's like Top Gun was supposed to do exactly what it did, but not well, right? Like they Mm -hmm. basically remade the story and then just added some suspense and added the dynamic between Rooster and Maverick. Um, So it wasn't like a very complex movie, right? And Star Wars basically did the same thing, but I think what they failed on was like just hinting at things that were <laughs> going to be a slight change and then didn't do and that. And then didn't, didn't deliver. Yeah. And no, then there was I, like I one know. movie in the middle that threw everything, like just said, no, but like, it was going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they just threw away everything. And now you're, you're a hundred percent correct. Um, but I think Star Wars learned from their mistakes, right? Because what happened when the Mandalorian came out? Yeah. The Mandalorian seemed like they, they took all that criticism and they put it together. Because the Mandalorian in itself is technically a sequel to the originals because it takes place right after. And they used that nostalgia. They used Luke Skywalker in that last scene in season two. They used Luke in the book of Boba Fett. Ahsoka Tano came back. They brought characters yeah. in from Clone Wars, you know? And that it's exactly what we're talking about with nostalgia. They took those elements of nostalgia, applied it to the show in very slight ways, but were able to keep them interesting enough because, in my opinion, the original story with Mando and Baby, Baby Yoda, Grogu, was in its, in its way very simple. Because if you think about it, the story was very simple. He finds this yeah. child. He he's trying to figure out where to, where he needs to go. A very simple storyline, as compared to what you said with the trilogy, is you had this. It seemed like Finn was going to become a Jedi. Yeah. The eighth movie comes out. Everything gets thrown thrown into the air. Like what's happening right now? The ninth yeah. movie comes back. No, we've already forgot about the Finn storyline, and. What at the end, Finn says something like, "Oh, I feel, I feel the force in me." Like that's not enough. Like, how, yeah. like how are you gonna, how are you gonna do that? Like, that's my biggest problem with that. Yeah, the ninth movie was a patch job for sure. Um, and that's yeah, exactly. And that's I mean, I think we we have mutual feelings on that. Um, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian's amazing, by the way. Obi Wan mm-hmm. is also really good. I don't know if you oh, saw the yes, new one. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, that's, I think that's a good way for nostalgia also, you know, bringing back yeah. the path with the prequels and the original. This is in between those two, the prequels and the original. And it like it's like I said, people used to clown on the prequels. But I look back at that and I'm like, that relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan was, was cool, you know? It was necessary. It's, it was necessary, yeah, 100%. And um, I think, like you said, we can't compare these trilogies, right? But singular movies, you know, Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun, 
Those two are singular movies. One, Top Gun to Maverick, a sequel, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a franchise that I really love and that you probably watched as a kid too, and that's Jumanji. And Jumanji has a sequel yeah. years later. What is it? Jumanji, I forgot what it's, the title is. But then it had another sequel after that to continue the story. But in a way, I, I would say that Jumanji to the next Jumanji was more similar to Top Gun to Top Gun Maverick. And it's a it's like a much closer, like, um, what's the word? A much closer comparison because it's like solo movie to another solo s- sequel. What do you think about that? Yep. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, shout out to Robin Williams. Uh, oh, Jumanji yeah, was like... Peace. Yeah, he was... Uh, I remember I watched the movie like four or five times as a kid. Um, and it was uh, it was always a lot of fun. Um, I think what they did right with the new Jumanji movie and the future one I'm sure will be just as good was they struck this balance between keeping it adulty. I don't know if that's the right word or, or mature. Um, mm-hmm. And still like keeping that childish... Uh, uh, feel because like if you notice in the first one they were kids and yes, yes. um and in the second and then in, and then in this remake or this legacy sequel like suddenly the adults are brought into the game like they have to be yeah. the ones that have to figure out how to play a video game mm-hmm. um and so i love that and i think also like maybe like more marketing from a marketing standpoint it was more of like a way to appeal to the millennial demographic that probably watched jumanji but not alienate them at the same time so Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's what they did right and that's why it just felt right also kevin hart and the rock will (laughs) always be funny in my opinion like Mm -hmm. even even their worst movies are always fun to watch Mm -hmm. Uh, no 100 percent. i i think you hit that right on the nail saying that um that that like bringing together like that childhood nostalgia, that childhood fu- funness, you know, to yeah. the adults, right? Because we grew up with Jumanji, you know, we were kids. Same thing with Top Gun. We were kids when we were shown the first one, and you come years later to these movies, right? Top Gun Maverick, and it's what Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. That's what it's called, and these movies kind of grow with you. So now you can go and us as being in our 20s, we can go watch these sequels, remember the old movies, think fondly of them, and enjoy the new one. But there's a lot of, um, what is it? There, there's a lot of these, like, I don't know how to describe it. These characters in it, like you said, with uh, Kevin Hart and The Rock, they get these actors that we love. You know, we love Kevin Hart. Bigger than the movie, they're bigger than the movie. And Maverick, you got Tom Cruise, you got Miles Teller. (laughs) These guys are huge, and I feel like that also plays into sequels as well. And I feel like, in a way, Star Wars suffered from a brand new cast, and they were kind of hoping that seeing Han Solo. And Leia and Chewbacca would be enough. Seeing Luke come back would be enough to bring in that crowd. Yep. But unfortunately, they didn't build up those new characters 
in the first movie at least, properly to set up the second. And I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of these legacy sequels that could segue very well to being like good for adults and good for kids, good for anybody to enjoy. But like I know you were telling me before. Yeah, but I know you were telling me that there was a sequel that you watched recently that oh, you yeah. thought was for, for kids, that it wasn't for adults at all. Yeah, it's uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So Ghostbusters Afterlife, like, look, love Ghostbusters. I love it. It has all my favorite uh, comedians, like, like, uh it was another show that I watched with my dad. My dad introduced me. Um, and, you know, it was just a, a good time. Theme song always stuck in my head. I remember even when uh, I'm forgetting the name of the one with like, uh, it, it, they basically made it a female cast. Um, oh, yes, yes. But I was, I was even hyped for that. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, I just personally did not like the children aspect. It just, I don't know why. I think it's like the, like, I'll be honest, when the first Obi-Wan um, episode, when I when I finished that, I also fought, kind of felt the same way. I was like, it's going to be a little cringy having this child try to speak all adulty. And like, it's hard. It's hard to be a child actor. I completely understand that. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, it had, uh, who's that guy from Ant-Man? Uh, oh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Got se- yeah, sexiest man alive. Uh, He's man alive. Dude, I think he got that award, right? Uh, no, he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it had him. He was fun, right? Uh, he always brings, like, mm-hmm. he basically plays Paul Rudd now. Um, yeah, he, then- he plays, it's like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, he's a fun guy, but I still, even with, like, I do like the, the dude from Stranger Things, but I just, I can't get past the immaturity. I don't know how to say it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, that being said, um, and I think when we were talking about this like uh, off the podcast, you did bring mm-hmm. up a good point and that you were saying that, it well, it is kind of a way for the kids to enjoy their own Ghostbusters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I can get behind So that. I... So I highly disagree with you on Ghostbusters Afterlife. I actually, like, I love the movie. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. And what I felt like like it was was a breath of fresh air for the franchise that seemed like it was dying. So we have kind of opposite opinions on that. Um, The kids are, like, a way for, you know, the new generation of children to relate to it. Like, I, that's... A good reason, like with Kenobi too, you know, like you could have your daughter, you know, if you had a daughter, watch that show with you and she could see young Leia and kind of relate, you know? Uh, Yeah. And I feel like, like, remember how we brought up Jumanji? We grew up with Jumanji. When we watched the first Jumanji, we look at those kids with Robin Williams and we're like, what if we were playing this game? What if I turn into a monkey boy, you know? You think of that, and that's why you have these casts of, like, kids and adults. Now, what I think coming from you is that you obviously can't relate to the child. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to relate to the adult characters. But 
Yeah. In a way, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. The adult characters are the worst characters in the movie. They're just completely yeah. bland. And and that's probably like, why I didn't weird. like it. Yeah, but it's a weird way to like think about it. But when I watch that movie, I've got to I have to go back to my youth and kind of reach in and be like, how would I react if I was a kid? How like, and I know that's kind of like. Um, it's not expe- you're not expecting the watcher to do that, but I do think it makes the movie more enjoyable. Just like when I watch Stranger Things, like those guys are kids, you know. Yeah. But then I think about like when we were when we were young, like when we were children, like what if these things happen to us? Like you put yourself in their shoes, and I know that Ghostbusters Afterlife they weren't trying to do so much of nostalgia; they were more so trying to reboot like a franchise, you know, but in the same way, they still made it a legacy sequel because the girl is the granddaughter of one of the main characters from the first movie. And they even brought, I don't, I don't know if you remember, they brought back all of the old cast with the guy who's not even alive Hmm. as a ghost. They brought him back as a ghost. Like he's there. Mm -hmm. And, that's that's a good feeling to see that you know it's that's really nice yeah. when movies do things like that, but I don't think that that makes the movie better in my opinion, and I do think a lot of people look at that and they're like, yeah, that made the movie a million times better for me, but it doesn't. Like, I don't know, like <sighs> the kids. So even even minus the nostalgia, you, you're saying that like the kids alone made the movie like i think they did i think the kids I were good that. i mean yeah like but, like look they're definitely better like a lot of the movies i've seen with kids definitely better i i, I look i i can get behind it um uh, i think like you said the adults were were bland in this film uh, the afterlife yeah. so I, I maybe that's why I didn't like it. Maybe I just didn't like like the adults as well. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. I ever since I've like reached this old age of mine. Yeah, I'm not that this old, old age, this old time age. Yeah, maybe there's something in me that just doesn't like the kids. You know, not mm-hmm. you know, but um, I think it was an overall good movie. Like, of course, I. I Really hope they keep making more. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think I just have a special place in my heart for the original cast, like, and the original, like, feeling of Ghostbusters. Like, their back and forth rhetoric, their jokes. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, maybe I just don't internally like it being remade. Um, mm. Yeah. But hey, mm-hmm. look, if it's a new generation that gets. Uh, gets to be ghostbuster fans i'm all for it it's going to be nice in halloween seeing kids dress up as that stuff it's that's really cool. yeah yeah that's really cool actually i i i agree with that too now there's a lot of like movies that get remade and i feel like that's a conversation for another day i know you have a lot to say about west side story <laughs> we talked about oh, that yeah. before yeah. yeah i think remakes would be a good topic as well but I don't know. I think that there's like a lot of things that when it comes to sequels, like overall Top Gun Maverick, fantastic movie. 
one of the best movies that I have seen in a long time. Yeah, definitely. But you can't say that about every legacy sequel, right? You really can't. You know, one that we didn't mention is 22 and 21 Jump Street. Oh, my. (laughs) That was I don't know if that was technically a remake, but Johnny Depp was in there. No, it's technically that is technically a legacy sequel. Yeah, no, it is. And I remember when I first watched that and I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes, like, it it turns out well. Sometimes it turns out well. Um, But, yeah, that one one was a special one. Hey, we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up. My Amazon package is here. Oh, your Amazon package. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. All right. So, thank you. Thank you for coming to listen to this podcast. This is Rome's Dome. You know, our thoughts off the dome. That's what it is.